Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And hello, welcome to the Google Accessibility Session. And uh, I'm Deb Cook-Lewis. I'm going to facilitate this session with you. And uh, we're going to be hearing some exciting things from them. I want to start by giving you the opening code for those of you who are taking this session for credit. It is 55417. And I'll be back at the end to give you the rest of the codes. Um, and I see that all of our panelists are now here. So um, I am not sure which one of you is in charge. Is it Laura? Are you actually kind of the moderator for this? But we have Laura and Kenneth and uh David, so I'm going to let the three of you take it away, and then when you're ready for questions or comments, Belinda will assist you, and I'll be back at the end. Cool. Thank you very much for the introduction and for getting us set up here. David, are you going to be presenting yep. the slides yep, first? I'm, I'm presenting first, so yeah, let me just step in first. So, hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the What's New in Google Accessibility Talk. Um, so this session will be uh, split into two halves, uh, 30 minutes each. Uh, we'll first start off with Chrome and Chrome OS accessibility, and then we'll move on to workspace accessibility. So I, my name is David, and I'm here with my colleague, Josiah, and we'll be doing the Chrome and Chrome OS portion of the talk. Uh, so yeah, let's get right, right into it. So our agenda today uh, for this half of the talk. Uh, we'll be going through a quick overview of Chrome and Chrome OS accessibility. Uh, then we'll move to some updates uh, for our blindness, uh, cognitive, low vision users, and finally updates for the Chrome browser. And then we'll wrap up with where to learn more, and then we'll go to the next half of the presentation. Great. So uh, first, I'd like to give an, a quick overview of Chrome and Chrome OS accessibility. Uh, so our team uh, is, yep, was there? Okay, so our team, our team's mission is to make Chrome and Chrome OS uh, accessible, usable, uh, productive, and delightful for everyone, uh, including those with disabilities. All right, next slide. So to begin with, uh, we'll start by talking about Chromebook. So Chromebooks are fast, lightweight uh, laptops that run the Chrome operating system. Uh, they are designed to run cloud-based apps and were built with speed, simplicity, and security in mind. So as long as you are connected to the internet, Chromebooks automatically update. So you're always running the latest software with the latest security fixes. So we work with a variety of manufacturers such as HP, Dell, Lenovo, Acer, and more, but it's always the same OS. So you get the same settings and all of your accounts are synced automatically. Uh, our, our team works pretty hard on making Chromebooks accessible with a variety of assistive technology features that are shipped by default. Uh, so you can write, access them right from the start uh, when you set up your device. 
We're only covering some subset of features today, but there are many others to explore if you're curious. All right, next slide. So let's dive right into Chromebook uh, accessibility, starting with the Chromevox screen reader. Next slide. So for those of you who are not familiar with Chromebook accessibility and Chromevox, uh, Chromevox is our built-in screen reader, which makes content accessible through synthesized speech and Braille. Uh, this means also that it's uh, available on every Chromebook uh, with no additional cost to our users. It's also full-featured, uh, giving users functionality at their fingertips to access uh, daily tasks and work. Lastly, Chromevox is compatible with all Google and Android applications. Next slide. So as uh, just mentioned a, a minute ago, Chromevox is a fully featured screen reader. Uh, so firstly, Chromevox uh, supports many different types of jump commands that allow users to, to navigate by various types of elements, such as headings and links. It's a pretty standard stuff. Chromevox is compatible also with many Braille displays and allows users to invoke commands directly from their Braille displays. Another powerful feature is the Chromevox menu, which contains a searchable list of all commands and structural information about the current page. Uh, Chromevox also provides features for new users, including Learn Mode and a built-in tutorial. Uh, Learn Mode uh, helps users get acquainted with their keyboard by verbalizing keys once they're pressed and the commands associated with those key presses. Uh, the tutorial itself uh, offers built-in lessons for using Chromevox, helping new users ramp up quickly. And lastly, Chromevox offers advanced features, including automatic voice switching and smart sticky mode. Uh, the automatic voice switching analyzes language uh, provided by Chrome, uh, and then Chromevox automatically changes the current Chromevox voice based on that. Uh, smart sticky mode um, toggles on and off sticky mode based on if Chromevox is currently in an editable text field. So that's quite a bit of, of features and kind of the features that Chromevox has had for a while. So I'd like to show a quick demo of some of those features so you can get a taste of what that sounds like. So Josiah, if you don't mind. Yeah, and we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. I'm not sure if this video will play. Let me try it one second. If not, I can play the audio. Um, would that be acceptable? Yeah. Okay, let's see if we get this to work. Oh, it looks like it's working for us. Nope, we're just going to get the audio. Let's see. This is a short demo of some Chromebox basics. Today, I'm going to do some web browsing and show some of Chromebox's features along the way. To get started, I'm going to make a query for Google Accessibility. G O O G L E space A C C E S S I B I L I T Y. Content. Web content. Now that I'm on the results page, I'm going to use jump commands to efficiently find the link I'm interested in. Call 
Exit search. Search results. Google accessibility HTTPS colon slash products and features. Get in touch. Google accessibility help. Google accessibility help. So I just clicked a link for Google accessibility help. And I'm curious about the layout of this page. So I'm going to use the Chromebox menus to browse all of the headings. Chromebox menus. Search the menus. Jump. Speech. Tabs. Chromebox. Actions. Heading. Menu. Accessibility support expanded menu heading 2. Menu item. Android accessibility collapse menu heading 2. Chrome accessibility collapse menu heading 2. G Suite accessibility collapse menu heading 2. Menu item. Chromebook accessibility collapse menu heading 2. Menu item. 6 of 8. The Chromebook accessibility heading seems interesting, so let's visit it to see what information is there. Chromebook accessibility. Collapse menu. Heading 2. Google accessibility help. Chromebook accessibility. Expanded menu. Turn on Chromebook accessibility features. Zoom in or magnify your Chromebook screen. Use the built-in screen reader. Use the built-in screen reader. Google accessibility help. Google accessibility help. Banner. Now that I'm on the Chromebox help page, I want to read this article in further detail. Chromebox has a command to automatically read from my current position, but I'm not sure how to activate the command from the keyboard. I'm going to use the Chromebox menu search feature to look up the command. Chromebox menu. Search the menus. R. E. A. D. Start reading from current location. Search plus R. Use the built-in screen. Use the built-in. So now that I know the command, I'm going to activate it, sit back, and let Chromebox read to me for a few seconds. Use the built-in screen reader. Heading one. Chromebooks have a built-in screen reader called Chromebox, which enables people with visual impairments to use the Chrome operating system. Turn screen reader on or off. Heading two. You can turn Chromebox on or off from any page by pressing. Control. Plus. Alt. Plus. C. Dot. On tablets. Press and hold the volume down. Plus. Volume up. Buttons for five seconds. While holding the buttons, you'll hear a sound to indicate it's working. Keep holding the buttons. Then Chromebox will start speaking. Read a page. Heading two. Tip. To hear a description of your cursor's current position on a page, press. Search. Plus. K. Dot. Or press. Launcher. Plus K. This page seems pretty useful, so I'm going to bookmark it for future reference. Address and search bar. Send create bookmark this tab. Menu opened. Menu. Add bookmark. Name. C H R O M E B O X E P O P. Folder. Bookmark. Remove. Done. Address and search bar. If I ever want to come back to this link in the future, I can easily do so by visiting the bookmarks bar and selecting the bookmark I just added. Chromebox help. Bookmark button. Use the built-in screen reader. Google accessibility help. This concludes this short demo of how Chromebox can be used to efficiently browse the web. And that's it. Great. So now that you've gotten a taste of some of the basics, let's cover some recent updates to Chromebox. So the first feature uh, that we'd like to share that's relatively new is the Chromebox hints during a device setup. So historically, device setup with a screen reader has been a big hurdle for new users. So the Chromebox hint is a feature that, after a short period of inactivity, uh, will give audio and visual instruction for activating Chromebox. This is especially useful for new users who don't know how to activate Chromebox and need it to set up a device. If Chromebox is activated during device setup, it automatically launches the tutorial, which uh, we will talk about in the next slide. All right, so the second recent Chromebox update uh, we'd like to share is the improved tutorial. 
So this new tutorial comes with a new layout and uh, lots of lessons. So the lessons are organized into various categories, which make browsing them much easier. We also offer separate tutorials for keyboard and touch interaction modes, so users can get content that is uh, most relevant to them. And lastly, we have added new interactive lessons for first-time users that help them get ramped up using Chromevox quickly. So now we'd like to play a quick video uh, demonstration of the various parts of the new tutorial. So Josiah, if you don't mind. Me not have access to that video uh, at the moment. We have to skip that video. OK, no problem. So um, you can definitely check that out. And it's uh, already in the latest builds of Chrome OS. So definitely good content to, uh, to, to learn about Chromebox more. All right, so the last uh, Chromebox update we'd like to cover is about speech and Braille. So we recently added more text-to-speech voices for supported languages, increasing the level of customizability. So for example, there are now eight different new uh, Chrome OS English voices to choose from. Uh, in addition, uh, users can choose from Android text-to-speech voices. That was recently added so that you can see each and every voice. Uh, we've also added support for additional Braille displays, including the Mantis Q40 and Chameleon 20. All right, so with that, I'd like to hand it off to Josiah to present the rest of the Chrome OS presentation. Thanks. And actually, we were able to get the audio for that video for the uh, uh, Chromebox tutorial demo, if you, want, if you want, I can play that. Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and give everyone a taste of that. All right. This is a short video demo of the new Chromevox tutorial. I'll be demoing a small set of a quick orientation flow, which is helpful for new Chromevox users. As an overview, the quick orientation flow covers the following topics. Keyboard layout, basic navigation, tab navigation, and drop-down lists. To get started, I'm going to press search plus O, then T to open the tutorial and navigate to the first lesson in the quick orientation. Chromevox tutorial. Chromevox tutorial. Heading one. Press search plus right arrow or search plus left arrow to browse topics. Quick orientation. Quick orientation tutorial. 10 lessons. Head. Welcome to Chromebox. Welcome to Chromebox. Welcome to the Chromebox tutorial. To exit this tutorial at any time, press the escape key on the top left corner of the keyboard. To turn off Chromebox, hold Control and Alt and press C. When you're ready, use the spacebar to move to the next lesson. This is the first lesson in the tutorial. Notice that at the very end of the lesson, it asks me to press the spacebar to continue. This is a new addition to the tutorial. We've added interactive lessons that introduce a key or key combination and ask the user to press that key or key combination to continue. There are several such lessons, but let's go through the first few to get a sense of how this works. Essential keys, control. Let's start with a few keys you'll use regularly. The control key can be used to stop any current speech. Find the control key on the bottom left corner of your keyboard. To continue, press the control key. Essential keys, shift. Now, find the left shift key, which is directly above the control key. To continue, press the left shift key. Essential keys, search. Next, you'll learn about the search key. The search key is used in combination with other keys for Chromebox commands. The search key is immediately above the left shift key. To continue. Press the search key. Basic navigation. Now you'll learn some basic navigation. You can hold search and press the arrow keys to move around the screen. To continue, press search plus right arrow. If you reach an item you want to click, press search plus space. Try it now to continue. Tab navigation. We didn't make it all the way through the quick orientation, but hopefully this demo has helped give an idea of the interactive nature of the new tutorial. 
Remember, you can open the Chromebox tutorial at any time by pressing search plus O and T. And that's the tutorial. All right, I think we have a question. We'll get to that at the end if we have time. Thank you so much for raising your hands. And hopefully we'll have a little bit of time at the end for questions. Now we're going to talk a little bit about select to speak. So select to speak is our basically ability to do a, a version of screen reader, but a lightweight version. So in case you don't need the full power of a screen reader, but you want something quickly uh, to be spoken on the screen, you can use select to speak. And that's what we're going to talk about next. All right. So select to speak allows you to drag a rectangle around box or a set of text on your screen to read what is in the selected region. To activate it, select to speak. Once you turn on the accessibility feature, press and hold the search key, then click or drag to select the content to be read aloud. Um, this mainly applies to users with low vision, but we've also seen it be very useful for users who are learning another language or users with dyslexia. So some of the new features of Select to Speak are a new control panel, which gives users a little bit more control over the Select to Speak navigation and audio playback. We also added a feature that allows the background to be shaded um, so we can focus just on the text in the foreground. Uh, the video for this is unfortunately also not working, so we will have to skip that. But I definitely recommend you check it out on the latest version of Chrome OS on your Chromebooks. All right, now we're going to talk about some additional tools built into Chromebooks to help increase visibility. So let's dive into some of those features. The first one we want to talk about, which I would say is one of the most important and underrated features for increasing visibility, is using Control Plus and Control Minus uh, in your browser to increase and decrease the zoom size of the text and images in the window. If you've done this too many times and you want to get back to home, you can hit Control Zero to reset the zoom. Note that when you use Control Plus and Control Minus, it only affects the contents of the Chrome window and not anything in the toolbar or the, um, the window launcher list at the bottom. If you do want to affect the window launcher list at the bottom or the toolbar, you can hold down Shift as well, and that will increase the size of everything on your screen. And if you hit Control Shift Minus, again, it will decrease the size and control shift zero to reset. Another way that you can enlarge your screen is by using the full screen magnifier. We've been doing a little bit of additional work on this recently, but the basics of this feature is activate with control, search, and M, which will allow a bigger zoomed region to appear on your screen. You can pan the, the zoomed region by moving your mouse cursor to the edge of the screen, or you can turn on center panning mode in accessibility settings under the operating system settings. To adjust the zoom level, you can hold down Control and Alt and scroll two fingers on your touchpad. You can also adjust the zoom in settings to the size that you like. Another handy shortcut for adjusting zoom, by the way, is Control Alt brightness up and brightness down to adjust the size of the full screen magnifier. Similarly, we have the docked magnifier. The docked magnifier you can use by activating Control Search and D. This will enable the top third of the screen to turn into a magnifying pane or magnifying glass for the rest of the screen below. As you move your mouse cursor around the bottom half of the screen, the top third of the screen, uh, the bottom two thirds of the screen, the top third of the screen will uh, move around to show just what's directly around your mouse cursor. Again, to change the zoom settings for the docked magnifier, you can hold down Control-Alt and scroll in or out with two fingers. We've also recently added the ability to 
pan your screen without using the mouse when you're in full screen magnifier. You can hold down control alt and press the arrow keys to move the magnified view around the screen. And right now there's a little animation on the side of the slide, which shows a user holding down control alt left arrow, control alt right arrow, control alt, uh, uh, and then it zooms out back to the main display. As the user holds the key, the zoomed in screen pans around the image of the laptop. Another feature we like to talk about for increasing visibility on Chrome OS is inverting the colors on the screen. This is just a really quick feature if you want to turn everything black to white, white to black, and colors to their complementary colors on the color wheel. Simply press Control, Search, and H to toggle this feature. The next one we'd like to talk about is adjusting the size of the cursor. In case the cursor is too small for you, we have a show large mouse cursor option, which has a cursor size slider pictured here animated, which allows you to adjust how large you want your cursor to appear on the screen. Additionally, you can change the highlight uh, around your mouse cursor so that a ring that is red appears around where your mouse cursor is on the screen. You can also do this this uh, highlight ring for the text carrots and the currently focused elements. And finally, we've added some new cursor colors to the mix. If you want blue, pink, yellow, or any of the other eight colors, you now can choose a different color for your mouse cursor on Chrome OS to add a little spice to your life or uh, joy to your day. All right, that's it for the Chrome OS updates. And now we're gonna go through some quick Chrome browser updates. So these apply not necessarily just on Chrome OS, but other platforms um, like Windows. So the first one is high contrast mode. So Chrome now supports Windows high contrast mode, which allows features for web developers to customize the experience based on if you have high contrast mode turned on. And the image shown here is a, a black version of Google, black backgrounds with a blue, red, and yellow, and green Google logo on the homepage. We also have carrot browsing in Chrome. Just press F7 to toggle, then you can use the arrow keys to navigate a web document just like it was a Google document. You can also hold down shift to select text and copy from the web document. Recently, we added a new, uh, or we've had for a little while a feature to get image descriptions inside Google Chrome. And recently, we added five new languages Spanish, French, German, Italian, and Hindi. Uh, recently, uh, we've updated to get images descriptions directly from Google. So before, there's three pictures on this slide. Google would just read graphic, graphic, graphic. But now, with the new get image descriptions from Google feature, the first picture reads, appears to be the ruins of the ancient city, wonders of the world, Machu Picchu. The second picture says, appears to be cheeseburger, which is correct. And the last picture says, appears to be table setting for a wedding reception, banquet. So it's much more helpful now to get the image descriptions from Google, and you can opt in by opening the context menu on any web page in Chrome on a picture. This does send images to Google's anonymous image description service, and the images are contextualized with text such as appears to say or appears to be. Now also we have this feature on Android as well. We've recently added it to Chrome on Android. So now you can use the same get image description feature on Android that you could use on Chrome previously. All right, and I think we have a few resource slides here. So if you want to learn more, you can go to um, the Google Accessibility sites at google.com slash accessibility. You can also check out the Help Center at g.co slash help slash accessibility.
And you can check out Google's accessibility YouTube playlist, which includes 21 Chrome and Chrome OS videos. Just search Google accessibility on YouTube. We also have a Google for Edu Teach From Home site at g.co slash teach from home. And if you want to talk directly to a disability support agent, go to g.co slash disability support. And thank you very much for uh, listening to our presentation. And if there's any questions at this time, feel free to ask. I think we had one question from Glenda. I'm not sure if I have the ability to unmute. Yes, I, I'm your uh, host. Uh, I will, let's see. And we'll make it a quick question because we also have uh, the other half of this demo about what's new in Google Workspace. But I'm really excited to hear what Glenda's question is. And Glenda, you should be able to unmute. One suggestion. When you do these demonstrations, slow the speech yeah. down to a more normal. Because if you want people to understand what it's doing, uh, you need to slow the speech down. You can understand it. I might understand it. But it might mm -hmm. be something that a new user. So how do you do that? With, Slowing with, the speech down in, in the Chromevox screen reader? Yeah, yeah. David, do you know the keyboard shortcut or the fast way to do that? Yeah, so you can use search shift uh, left bracket is the shortcut. And yeah, we definitely hear you on the uh, <laughs> the speech rate. But yeah, we we those were actually pre-recorded demos. So we, we kind of had that time limit. Uh, For future reference, so. you probably should do your pre-recorded stuff with the slower mm -hmm. speech. Because so, mm -hmm. that's going to frustrate people to try to understand yeah. what you're trying to get across. It did oh. me... And I'm a year. I've used Screen Reader for years, mm -hmm. and uh, that's all. That was my primary comment. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, we we appreciate that, and yeah, we'll we'll be sure to to at least edit down the the demo so it can be uh, slower. <laughs> yeah, um, thank and you I very much for sharing that. The format that. that we we sort of wanted to do was just to be fair to the the next half of the presentation, we'll, we'll go ahead and hand it off to our friends at Workspace, and we'll take questions at the end for both uh, presentations. So, Sounds Laura, uh, you are you're up, and uh, thank you. Uh, this is the end of the Chrome OS side of things, at least, but we'll hand it off to Workspace. Thanks, David. Right. Hello, everyone. This is Ken and Laura from the Google Workspace team. We work on accessibility primarily with docs, sheets, and slides. Um, so we're going to give you the usual whirlwind tour of sort of everything that's new and sort of some of the cool little tricks that we think might be useful for everyone. I'm going to sort of start first and then towards the middle, I'll hand it over to Laura and that's, and she can sort of do the wrap up with you guys. And as always, you know, um, if you have questions and everything, feel free to pop a raise hand in there, and then we'll make sure that we get to you all at the end. So with that, um, let's just you know get started. One of the biggest things that I just wanted to put out there and make sure everyone's aware of is um, in the past year um, and moving ahead, we've started to drop support for Internet Explorer in Windows. This sort of just matches um, what everyone else sort of has as well and where Windows is generally headed. So Edge is definitely going to be the replacement for that one as we understand it. But just know that if you're accessing um, Workspace with Internet Explorer, you're going to get a large warning that sort of says, you know, like Internet Explorer is no longer supported. Please switch to one of the other browsers. Naturally, of course, we recommend Chrome. It's great. And 
we have a whole bunch of things that sort of work well with the with docs and sheets and slides. Um, so there's screen readers, braille displays. We do have automated captioning and slides. We do have a really robust set of keyboard shortcuts. We do support carrot tracking and magnification. Um, if you use high contrast or contrast enhancement on your displays, those work well as well. Um, if you prefer to do voice typing, um, that also works and you can just dictate to the document accordingly. And this works with Chrome OS, Windows, Mac, and we do have Android and iOS applications as well. So it's really pretty much the whole gamut here is what I'm trying to say. So let's start with sort of some of the features that are in the area. Um, one of the biggest is the sort of like the starting point for almost every accessibility feature in docs and sheets and slides is going to be the accessibility settings dialog. And you can sort of get here from tools from the, from the menu bar and accessibility settings. And if this, if this is hard to remember, in just a while, I'm going to give you sort of a different way to get to this dialogue as well. Um, and that, that by itself is going to be just a little tip that I have for everyone. But so in the accessibility settings dialogue, there's going to be a bunch of checkboxes to turn on screen reader support, Braille support, um, to mute or enable collaborator announcements. So if you've got a bunch of people all editing in the same document, and you know sometimes everyone's just like right in that same paragraph where you are, and no matter how far you run away, they just seem to keep following you. Um, and you will get announcements that tell you when you're editing near a collaborator. And if that's not what you want to hear, you can actually uncheck this and that will turn off those announcements. Or if you actually want to know when you're not alone in the document, you can definitely keep it enabled as well. Um, there's also support for screen for enabling carrot tracking and screen magnifier support. So specifically for Braille support. So if you once you check screen reader support, it's going to give you an additional set of options to turn on Braille support. And um, this works really well if you have a Braille display connected to your screen reader and your computer. But we also recommend that even if you don't, even if you're only just using a screen reader and relying on audio, that you can also consider turning on Braille support. And it just generally makes everything work better is what we think. Um, what it does is it makes, it, it allows you to sort of use native screen reader shortcuts. So any configuration that you have that might be that you might be more familiar with, if you have you know your word and character echo or sort of like pitch and everything set up for stuff in, in, in the way you like it, um, so that Braille, turning on Braille support is going to give you some of that functionality. And for that reason, we generally encourage everybody to try to turn on uh, turn on Braille support and keep it on if you already have screen reader support enabled. Now. When you turn on screen reader support, what, what's going to happen is um, there's going to be an additional menu that pops up in the toolbar. And the way you can get to this is if you're on a Mac, you can do Control Option A. If you're on Windows and Chrome OS, you can do Alt Shift A. Um, if you're like me and sometimes there's just way too many of these shortcuts and you don't want to remember it, even though you could, um, know that it's the last option in the list of all of the toolbar menus. So like I usually just go, I just remember like file and how, however I get to file and I just loop back around from the other side. So that's just the way I like it. Um, but the accessibility menu is going to give you a bunch of options for navigating through documents and slide decks and spreadsheets, um, things that allow you to say, if you're in the slide, if you're in a slide deck to go to the speaker notes or to sort of read the animation and formatting and stuff like that. Um, if you're in sheets, it allows you to say, hey, you know, 
read the changes that occur in the specific cell or the specific row and column only when they do occur. So there's a bunch of really useful things in there. The one that I really like in Sheets that I, I always thought was a really neat feature is that you can actually have it summarize a list of, um, so if you've got a bunch of cells in the spreadsheet and you select everything, you can tell it to summarize the content in there. And that's going to give, tell you, you know, like what's the smallest and largest value and what's like the average and stuff like that. Um, if so earlier on, I mentioned, you know, Hey, but what happens if I don't remember where to find all of these settings or like, you're telling me that there's this accessibility menu and there's like a bunch of stuff in there, but it's like, how am I going to even remember what's in there? So if you have to remember one shortcut in the editors, um, in docs and sheets and slides, remember alt slash. Um, so that's alt plus the forward slash on windows and Chrome OS and on Mac it's option plus forward slash. What this does is it brings you to a text box, which allows you to search the menus. And you don't have to be super precise when doing this. You can just write sort of, so, you know, let's say you want to write, if you write the word document, what it's going to give you are options to translate the document, to download as PDF, to show the document outline, to create a new document. And you, so you can even do things like table 2x2, and it's going to understand that you want to create a table with two rows and two columns. So if you want to remember where the, if you don't remember where the accessibility dialogue is and you want to know where you want to just go there, just type accessibility. Or if you want to turn on screen reader support, just type screen reader and it's going to give you the option to enable and disable it. Like this is the feature that I personally probably just use the most just because it's sort of just one shortcut to remember and everything else is just typing away. Um, but for those of you who are on the other side who say that, hey, you know, I like my shortcuts. And I like not having to type everything out and I just want to do everything with one large key claw stroke, right? Um, and everyone tends to always ask, where do we find all of these shortcuts? You guys have so many and like, what are they? Um, the best way to do that is control forward slash. So the previous one that was searching the menus was alt slash and this is control slash. Um, on Mac, it's command slash, and this is the forward slash for both of them. What this will do is it will bring up a dialogue with a search box, as well as a list of all of the keyboard shortcuts that we currently have. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for something specific in there, you're trying to say, hey, you know, like, I sort of use, I, I apply like level four headings a lot and specifically level four headings. And I don't want to have to keep doing like navigating to the menus and applying it over and over again. What's the shortcut for me to do that? Um, you can sort of search heading four in here and it's going to give you the option. Now let's move on to if you happen to be a low vision or if you have some amount of low vision requirement on your display, Docs also has a separate document zoom feature. This is in addition to browser zoom and screen resolution and screen magnification. So you can stack all of these things together. So it's going to give you the option to only zoom the content that you are editing. Um, and if you browser zoom is going to zoom everything and this document zoom is going to further give you more zoom just on the content itself. We know plenty of people who sort of just stack up on some combination of screen resolution as well as browser zoom and document zoom just to sort of give everything the right proportions based on what they enjoy. And let's now talk about, so all of this, this stuff which I mentioned, might some of them might be new to you, but I want to talk about what's actually new um, to everyone just sort of in this past year or so. So 
we've done a lot of work behind the scenes on carrot tracking um, because we kind of understand that, you know, like this is something that's that if you are a screen magnifier user, you're going to be using 100% of the time when you are editing a document. So we started to look at, hey, you know, if you've got like, and documents are weird, right? No two documents are always exactly the same. And formatting is like never perfect. There's like spaces where they shouldn't be. There's like font sizes that are wrong. And that's just, that's, that's work, right? So we've made sure that screen magnifier support works well in these cases. It works quickly and it's fast and it doesn't slow your computer to a crawl. Um, and we've also added support for cases where, hey, you know, if you're using screen magnifier and Braille support at exactly the same time, and you're also doing something crazy with um, writing in a different language that has input mode requirements, this is all going to work well. So now another requirement that we've heard a lot um, from everyone in the, you know, they've always told us, hey, um, Docs is great for collaboration. And, you know, like, I can do so much in it, but at the same time, when everybody's editing, there's just so much going on and I have a hard time sort of just following what everyone is doing, right? So that, that, ov that overhead is really high. And what we've said is how, well, how can we help everyone reduce some of this? So there's a feature called live edits. Once again, it's in the accessibility menu. Um, if you want a keyboard shortcut to go there, that's control alt shift R on Windows and Chrome OS and command option shift R on a Mac. What this will do is it will pop up a sidebar called live edits that will start tracking all of the changes made by your collaborators. And it does this in a slightly intelligent way. So, you know, it's not going to tell you um, can insert it H, can insert it E, can insert it L. And it's not going it, to, it's going to say, you know, hey, can insert it, hello, how are you? Or can replace today with tomorrow. And it's sort of going to give you a sense of like what changed and how that change made sense. And you can say, oh, hey, you know, I really only want to know what one person is changing, or I want to know what everyone in the document is changing. So we've heard that a lot of teachers like to use this, um, where all of the, where they can sort of see all of their students changing everything, or students like to use this, where they want to know only what their teachers are changing. So this is, this is a really powerful feature just for really large scale collaboration and allowing everybody to be productive, um, even as everything is sort of just flying by. The other new feature that we've started to add is Smart Compose. So Smart Compose is a machine learning feature that will offer suggestions as you type. Um, they're going to surface similar to what you would get for autocomplete in an input field. And, the, and if, you, if you've encountered Smart Compose in Gmail as well, this is going to be the same experience, but in Docs. So you can turn this on and off from the preferences menu as well. And it's currently available in English and Spanish for users with account through work or school. And it's going to reduce the chances of you saying that, hey, you know, it's like sometimes, sometimes you've got like a tip of the tongue syndrome, right? You sort of just know what you want to say, but for one reason or another, you're sort of just like stuck right there and you can just hit tab to continue on. It also just in general reduces the chances of, you know, spelling or grammatical errors. Now, the last thing that I want to sort of leave you before we move on to um, specific Braille improvements is another little tidbit to do with keyboard shortcuts. So we have the good old-fashioned keyboard shortcuts, right? Control, Option, X, um, Alt, Shift, A, and stuff like that. Control, B for bold. But 
we've gone one step further and we've also added mnemonics, so single character shortcuts to all menu items and submenus. So if you've opened a menu item, a menu or submenu anywhere across the editors um, and you reached and you did that with a keyboard shortcut. So let's say Alt-Shift-F to open the file menu. Um, every single entry in that file menu now has a single character shortcut that you can use to sort of go to that specific item. And to allow everybody to discover this as well, it's also going to be that, that mnemonic character is going to be verbalized after the menu item text. And this just makes it easy to really navigate, right? So you can sort of hop through the list and... If there are specific things that you sort of tend to use a lot of, you can definitely try to remember some of these things so that you can just jump right to them as well. So with this, I'm going to hand it over to Lara, who's going to talk more specifically about Braille mode. So remember, I said that what we really encourage everyone to do is to give Braille mode a try. And there's a good reason for that. And she's going to tell you more. Cool. Thank you very much, Ken. Hey, everybody. My name is Laura. I am also from the workspace accessibility team along with Ken. And I'm going to be doing a deep dive now into many Braille mode improvements that have launched in Google Docs in the past year. And um, if you're not already using Braille mode in Google Docs, um, when you're when you're making edits and getting work done, um, hopefully um, this will be some encouragement that there are some cool features in here that make it worthwhile. Um, so the first thing I wanted to mention is that we now have a shortcut that allows you to easily turn Braille mode on or off um, so that you could easily switch between screen reader modes and Braille mode in docs. Since previously you would have had to um, continue to, you would have needed to continuously pull open the accessibility settings dialog that Ken was talking about before and navigate down to Braille mode, which can be a lot of steps. So now we just have one single shortcut to do it. And that shortcut is Control Alt H on Windows or Chrome OS and command option H on Mac. So you can use this to toggle between Braille mode and screen reader mode across Google Docs, Sheets, and Slides. And users who have Braille mode enabled will find that now um, Google Docs is respecting their screen reader shortcuts um, a lot better than it used to. It'll be respecting any settings that you might have at the screen reader level better than it used to. And it'll just allow for a more consistent experience overall within Docs that you might experience elsewhere on the web on other applications or web pages. So one of the areas which um, Braille mode now supports well is working with tables. So um, if you have screen reader mode enabled in Docs, we do offer a set of shortcuts that are available in the places that Ken had um, mentioned before if you want to look up what exactly they are, but there can be a lot to keep track of. And the shortcuts that Docs provides for table navigation and screen reader modes won't necessarily be what you're used to using um, elsewhere on the web when you encounter a table with your screen reader. So if you have Braille mode enabled, we now start respecting those same shortcuts that you use for navigating around the table, which in um, many screen readers happens to be um, Control-Alt followed by the arrow keys. Um, so now with Braille mode, um, not only can users use that native shortcut to navigate around the table, but we'll also announce the entire contents of a cell uh, on whatever cell that you land on when navigating throughout the table. 
And um, we've also improved support for tables that have merged cells. So now if um, multiple cells within the table are combined into a single cell by the document author, you'll now be able to um, navigate through those seamlessly as well um, using your native screen reader shortcuts. The next thing I wanted to call out is that now um, Google Docs in Braille mode will, um, will, will accurately convey to you the exact start and end of lines when you're in the document. So you can seamlessly um, just like arrow through the document line by line and, um, and your screen reader or your Braille display will, um, will respect the the boundaries that were set within the document itself, and it'll um, convey to you the contents of each of the lines. This is particularly um, improved in places where the width used to be very narrow, such as um, table cells, or um, maybe if a document has multiple columns, you'll find this experience to be better. And along the lines of just accurately con conveying the concept of a line, we now support in Braille mode um, the ability to navigate in full through, um, through lengthy documents. And you'll find that experience to be um, a little bit more seamless and, um, th than, than it might have been before. And you can use the, um, the paragraph navigation shortcuts that you typically use to, um, to get around through these long documents. Um, the next thing I wanted to call out, um, this is along the lines of what I was mentioning before about how with Braille mode, you'll find a more consistent experience on Docs as you would have elsewhere on the web. Something else that we recently added to Docs is native screen reader support and announcements for entities such as images, spelling mistakes, or grammar errors. So now, um, whenever the document has any of those things, we'll convey them in line with the rest of the text in Braille mode. And you'll hear these when navigating um, in any way you want, whether it's by page, paragraph, line. Um, and the announcements that you hear will be um, like the announcements that you hear for a spelling error will be the same or, or very similar to what you hear on non-docs websites. And also the nice thing about this is that we do respect the native screen reader settings for this. So maybe you're not interested in hearing spelling errors for whatever reason. Um, many screen readers offer a way within their screen reader settings to, um, to, to control whether or not you want the spelling errors to be announced. So you can go into your screen reader, set that setting accordingly, and then you'll find that Docs is, respe is respecting that setting that you set on your screen reader. The next thing I wanted to mention is we have content summaries. So whenever, um, like whenever you're navigating at a larger level, so maybe it's not by character, maybe it's not by word, but maybe it's something a little bit bigger, like a line or a paragraph. Um, so for these cases, we recognize that um, when you're navigating at these larger levels, you may not necessarily want to be slowed down with um, a lot of um, like inline announcements about um, about like where exactly entities such as comments, suggestions, equations, bookmarks, things like that, like where exactly they're interleaved with the text. So we actually um, now provide content summaries when you're navigating at larger granularities within docs. So if you're navigating by paragraph, you'll hear the paragraph text, and then at the end, um, you'll hear something like contains two comments 
three equations, four bookmarks, something like that. And then at that point, using the shortcuts that we had spoken about earlier in this presentation, such as the shortcut to move to the next comment or move to the next bookmark, et cetera, you can now use those shortcuts to like narrow in on, um, on like where exactly the, the comment is or whatever, if, um, if you're interested in getting the exact location beyond the content summary. Another cool thing that Braille mode now supports is um, will announce where your cursor landed whenever you use any shortcut that's specific to docs to navigate. So if you're using the docs shortcut for navigating by comment, we'll um, announce exactly where your cursor landed and we'll also be a little bit smart about it. So like if you're navigating by comment, we'll, um, we'll like include all of the anchor text associated with that comment. Um, if you're navigating by heading, we'll include everything in the heading that you just landed on so that you won't miss out on any information when you're trying to um, to move your cursor between these different entities. Um, and I mentioned before that um, we've improved the reliability of nav navigating through lengthy documents. And um, one other improvement we have is for lengthy lists as well. Um, so like if, there are, if there's a really long list um, or even a short list on your document, um, your screen reader will be able to navigate through that using your native screen reader shortcuts that are associated with lists. And um, like for, for example, um, screen readers might provide a shortcut to iterate between lists on a page. And with Braille mode, you can also use that to move your cursor between the lists. And one last thing that I wanted to leave you with here is actually a feature that uh, within Braille mode that hasn't launched just yet, but it'll be coming very soon. So stay tuned for more info there. But um, soon we'll be announcing improved suggestion announcements. So, um, so soon you'll be hearing detailed suggestion information that's in line with the rest of the text when, um, when you navigate through suggestions in the document. And as part of this announcement, you'll hear information about um, what exact type the suggestion is. Like is the suggestion an insertion or is it a deletion or is it a combination of both where a user took some text and replaced it with something else. Um, so it's an insertion and a deletion combined together. And in addition to um, the information about the specific nature of the, of the suggestion, you'll also hear information about the author of the suggestion in line with the document text as well. So, um, so stay tuned for more info here, but um, hopefully this will make it a little bit easier when you're working in a document that does contain suggestions to, uh, to more quickly be able to tell what exactly is changing as a result of the suggestion without um, needing to move your cursor from the body of the document to the, um, to the actual suggestion. Um, anchored suggestion elements that are on the side of the page. So, um, so yeah, thank you for um, for listening to all of these improvements that are that um, have come out within Braille mode and Google Docs. Um, the one thing I wanted to leave you with here is that um, in order to fully benefit from all of the things that I just mentioned, um, please make sure that you're continuing you're continuing to update both your screen reader and your browser to the latest version because my team has done um, a lot of close work with the screen reader vendors, um, Chromebox, NVDA, 
um, Freedom Scientific for JAWS, and we've done work with uh, browsers as well, such as um, Chrome and Firefox. Um, so definitely make sure that you're continuing to update um, regularly whenever updates become available, because um, chances are some of the updates within those application, like those third-party um, applications as well, will actually help you to continue to get the richest experience within Docs Braille mode. So thank you for, um, for listening to this presentation. I have a couple of slides now with, um, with some resources. I think that um, earlier in the presentation, um, Josiah has a, had already mentioned a few of them, but I'll just um, reiterate some of the resource links that we have in case you want to um, jot them down again. But the site that we have for Google accessibility is google.com slash accessibility. This should always be your starting point whenever you're looking for any information accessibility related at Google. Um, and then the next is if you're interested in reading documentation about any product at Google, you can go to g.co slash help slash accessibility. And I think you can also get there just by going to google.com slash accessibility and then looking for the help center information. Um, the YouTube playlist, g.co slash a11y videos. So you can um, watch tutorials about accessibility for various Google products. Uh, we have a Google for Education Teach From Home site, g.co slash teach from home. And then we have, um, if you're ever experiencing some issue when using a Google product with your assistive technology, we have um, disability support agents who are on staff and are willing and happy to help you with whatever your issue is. They can help you troubleshoot what might not be working. Um, maybe it's a setting that you can toggle on your end to get it to work. But if it's something that Google needs to change, then they'll um, reach out to the appropriate product teams at Google to pass on your feedback to them um, about what's not working for you. And um, you can get in touch with these agents via phone, via chat, um, via Be My Eyes. Uh, I think we have sign language interpretation, possibly even email. There's a number of different communication forms you can use. Um, and the website for getting in contact with the disability support agents, um, like the, the starting point would be g.co slash disability support. And um, the last link I want to share is um, that Google um, has a number of user studies available. And um, we're definitely interested to hear your feedback as you're using um, various Google products and just to like learn from um, like what works well for you and in what areas we can improve. So if you're interested in um, participating in any user studies by Google, there's more information at g.co slash user research slash join 20. And um, those are the resource links. And then I just wanted to um, encourage you that um, to, to drop by the Google booth and visit us since um, we've been staffed at the booth this past week for ACB. And we've had some great conversations with people who stopped by and we would love to meet even more of you and um, just chat um, about whatever you'd like, um, answer any questions you might have, whatever it is. So tomorrow is the last day of the Google booth. So for tomorrow, Friday, July 23rd, um, you can stop by between 10 a.m. and noon Pacific time.
And that's everything. Um, thank you so much for listening to this presentation and for making it this far. Um, we do have about 15 minutes left in this talk, I believe. So at this point, we're happy to, um, to go through questions that um, people have. And I do see some hands raised, which is great. The first person we have uh, is area code 715 ending in 266. You can go ahead and unmute. Hi. Thanks for the presentation. This is Ramsey from Wisconsin. Uh, I, I was wondering, uh, you said that uh, you can access Google Accessibility by phone. Uh, what is the phone number? Yes, so... Um the way I, I don't, I believe because of sort of a number of like limitations, they don't have a phone number that you can call, but what they do have is a way for you to sort of have them call you back. So if you hop over to the site, there's a form where you can fill it out with your phone number and then they will call you back. So that would be the best way to sort of get the, um, get a con get a phone conversation going. Okay, and then the other thing was that uh, you, you said that there was, uh, I, I apologize, but when you were playing that uh, audio thing, I, I could not hear it, but if I could help you guys contact information. I I would love to learn more about what you were talking about for dyslexia. Sorry, I think I, I think you might have um you, you might have cut out a little bit. Um I I I I, I heard I heard you towards the end um saying, you know, you'd love to learn learn more about what we have for dyslexia. Um did I get that right? Yep. Um, yeah, so I would say the best place for those resources in general would be to look at the overall um, page for Google for accessibility. So that would be g.co slash accessibility um, and anything and everything that we have there, new, existing, as well as stuff that, you know, even sometimes might be a little bit experimental when they're looking for people to sort of try out is all going to sort of use that as a starting point. So I'd say definitely check that one out. Okay, uh, and the last thing is, you guys have a meeting ID for your exhibit booth because I would love to see you tomorrow at your exhibit booth. Yeah. Well, 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 we'll see you there. I think we have it from um, two, 12 to 1, I think, is is the last one. I, I, I could be making that one up, but I know we definitely have like one final slot tomorrow, uh, 10 to 12. The, sorry, I, I think Josiah was saying 
were you asking for like the Zoom meeting ID? Sorry, my I I I, I think I sometimes either it's my end it cuts out or something, yeah. so I might have just missed that. Yeah. Um, we we don't have a, a Zoom meeting ID for that. Um, we do have the meet room, and you know I we can try to see if we can fish out sort of like the joining details or like a link to the ACB. Um, page and we can sort of like put that in the chat um that would be great thank you thank you okay next we have beth hey guys great presentation thank you very much two quick questions can you choose from a lot of different voices when you're using the chrome box with chrome vox and also it is my understanding that the humanware bix series of braille displays does not yet work with chrome and i must i'm not sure if they meant the chrome vox only or if they meant chrome in general so if you could comment on those two things i'd appreciate it thank you yeah, thank you for the question. I'm happy to go ahead and take those for uh, Chrome and Chrome OS. Um, so as far as availability of voices go, um, I definitely encourage you to explore uh, a little bit here. Um, so the current set of voices that come on default every device uh, are the Google provided voices, which you might know from Android as well or your uh, Google Assistant voice, um, the def default voice that comes with that. I'm going to just uh, roughly estimate that there's maybe 30 languages. Uh, we ship uh, on device with about eight or so. Beyond that, we do have uh, more voices available that you can install. Um, if you're Chromebook comes with Android. It actually, we actually give you the ability to use the Android side voices as well. So you can install more voices from the Play Store or the Google uh, Chrome Web Store. Um, and that will open you up to quite a number of voices, um, acapella, voc vocalizer, um, eloquence, uh, are, are a few that come to mind. Okay, how about the Braille display? Yeah, thanks. Sorry, uh, thanks for the prompt there. Um, <laughs> yes, that we, we do know that those displays are currently not working. Um, that is something on our radar. Uh, that is completely due to our dependence on BRLTTY, which currently does not support those displays. So I believe something like NVDA is also impacted there. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Okay, so, next we have Don. Just really quickly to circle back on the previous question regarding sort of like the the the, the Zoom link info. Um, the best way I would say to look it up, I, I don't see, I don't think we have a way to sort of paste the chat in here. But so on the ACB convention webpage under exhibitor Zoom codes and contacts. Um, there is an entry for Google along with all of the relevant link joining info, phone numbers and stuff. So I would say to sort of look there. Okay, this is Dawn and I have a question for you. I'm an old timer. I work with a lot of old timers. So I have used Word 
which is, I guess, your competitor. And when they upgraded Word um, for when you save your files, I discovered that a lot of other people didn't upgrade their Word. So I always have to go back and save Word the old-fashioned way so that we can work back and forth. So if I go into Google, are you able to convert from the old-fashioned Word the new word to Google and vice versa, Google to the new word to the old word, the files. Do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I can take this one. Um, yeah, so Google does, Google Docs does um, have compatibility with Microsoft Word and it goes in both directions. So you can um, if you have a Microsoft Word document to begin with, you can actually open that within Google Docs, and then um, it provides the ability to ensure that um, any changes that you make within um, Google Docs do sync back to the original Microsoft Word um, file that you begin with. So uh, even if it's the old docs, because this, I work with a lot of people that never upgrade it. So they will, if I work with Google, that it will go back to the original Word document. I. Yeah. So um, it's, 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 it's a little bit interesting, right? So um, just to be, just to sort of get some, get some color, are, are, you refer, are you referring to sort of, do you have like the issue with sort of like doc and like doc X and yeah. stuff like that? Right. So um, the way it works is we can definitely allow you to open like .doc. And so basically um, if you sort of open a Google, a, a Word document, you know, whatever the format of that Word document um, and you edit it in Google Docs and it sort of saves, it's going to sort of save back into whatever format you opened with. Now, if you decide that, hey, you know, like you've got some, you've got the opposite case where people are saying, well, I, I, I don't want the old one and I only want the new one, which is the docx format. Um, you and, and you're working with not X, like the old one, you can go to file and you can go to download. And the first option in the list is Microsoft Word docx. And that's always going to give you the output to be docx format. But anybody that, if I save it in the old-fashioned word, anybody mm -hmm. should be able to open it, correct? Even that, in Google. Yeah, that, that would sort of depend on, you know, like what, what they're using on the other end. I, I, I don't think we can sort of speak for that specific part of the puzzle, but I, I, I would, you know, just, just thinking about it, that, that should make sense. Okay, because I don't want to start using Google and then I have all these problems because that's what we initially had when Word um, you know, updated everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, now nobody can talk to anybody. <laughs> okay, yeah, file, file, say, saving stuff is, is, is hard. <laughs> I know that's, the, but you know what? You do a lot of work and when you can't see very well, you hate to sit there and do all this work and then nobody can talk to each other. So thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, next we have Kevin. Okay, my question is about the um, Braille support mode or the Braille mode in Docs. Um, does it simplify the navigation if I want to navigate by tables and headings? Because 
Um, at one time, it was a little easier, but now it's almost like layered commands to get to something very simple. And if not, is there any way to suggest that you could just hit like search H to move to the next heading um, so that you're not just putting a bunch of H's in your document? Yeah, so for for that question, um, so I think like depending on the screen reader that you're using, um, you could um, like whether it's one where you can have virtual cursor on or off, or um, or whatever the case may be. Like if if you're using like JAWS for example, you could um, turn virtual cursor on within Docs, and then at that point, um, if you're in Braille mode, JAWS has a shortcut that like takes you into what they call like the quick navigation mode, and then at that point the the shortcuts that JAWS provides everywhere are like um, you can press T to move to the next table or H to move to the next heading um, or like L to move to the next list, like things like that. That should work and it should take your cursor around without actually um, typing anything into the document. Okay, so um, pressing the insert Z to turn the virtual cursor back on won't disable the screen reader mode or is it that the braille mode will help even if the screen reader mode gets turned off mm -hmm. yes um so yeah so if you're using screen reader mode then um then those those shortcuts provided by jaws um almost definitely wouldn't work like you, you wouldn't be able to just use um like t from within this mode to move to the next table but yeah um braille mode would be a prerequisite um before um, like using insert z in the case of jaws to um to toggle virtual cursor thank you but I have one thing as well. Um, if, if for any reason you're working with a really large document, like, you know, some, some people write books and you've got like a hundred plus pages and you sort of load the editors. Um, sometimes stuff that's like, to, if, and if you're going through headings, um, you might not always get all of the headings, like the full hundred pages of it um, right at the start, because some of that actually ends up loading in as it, as it occurs. And if, you know, if, if that matters for your workflow, what I would suggest doing is just making sure that you sort of like navigate, you know, like if, if you sort of like get to the end after you loop around to sort of just like press up or down a little bit before trying again, um, just so just to sort of give everything a nudge and see if there's anything more in there. Um, but if it's, you know, if it's a if it's a good sized document, we, we, we usually don't see anybody running into this problem. It's only true if you have a really, really large document. We need to wrap this session up, so I need to uh, give the codes and then I'm thank our presenters. So first of all, our closing code is 52335. That again is 52335. And I want to thank all of our presenters from Google. That was a very, very fun presentation and I appreciate it very much. And I got to go get myself a new Android phone and upgrade the one I have so I can have some more more cool features. So thank you all for being with us this evening. And uh, we look forward to uh, more time at the convention. And thank you all uh, for presenting on Google this evening for us. Thank you, Deb. Yeah, Thanks, thank Deb. you for having me. Thank you.